be a great day today. Uh, so editor's notes. So not the actual episode right now, but editor's notes. Um, so this episode was actually supposed to be episode 9 of season 2. For some reason, it just didn't upload. I'm not sure why. Um, I was trying to figure out why nobody was listening to it. But yeah, it just didn't upload. Um, so this is the first episode um, that I recorded since I got back from my month-long absence. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And the reason why I bring that up is because I kind of make like a little uh, dab at myself for being absent for about like a month, month and a half. I don't know. Um, but yeah, also Josh is in it. I love Josh. He's great. Um, yeah, also... Um, let me know if this pops up in the episode 9 slot or at the, um, or at the episode 13 slot, because it should appear at the episode 9 slot, but if it shows up as episode 13, I'm not complaining either. I just hope that you know that this was actually supposed to be episode 9 and not episode 13. Also, if you like my content, please go ahead and review it. Um, it really helps me out. Um, or even just hit, like, button or the five star review uh, if you think I can do better at something let me know if you think I'm rocking something completely please let me know it all helps me out and it lets me know what content you like what content you don't like so that for like season three I can pack more content that you do like in there um, so yeah also just really helps me out thank you and uh, yeah have a great day Hey there, everyone. I hope we're all having a great day today. Um, so, quick point of mention. Uh, first, let's address the obvious. I've been gone for about a month. Um, that's two episodes going on three episodes. I'm not a fan of that, although it was out of my hands. I'm going to touch more on that a little later after this episode. Um, so, if you're interested in knowing what's kind of going on in my life and uh, why I haven't been able to record... Uh, just stick around to the end of the episode. I'm going to go into some detail with that. Aside from that, it feels good to be back. Um, fair warning, I am recording out of my home, which isn't bad. It's just, it's a little noisy. I'm going to try my best to limit the amount of noise, but it's kind of a hot day today, and having all the windows closed doesn't really work too well for me. But with that said... Again, I'm going to do my best to filter out all the background noise. Um, but yeah, also I'm recording through a different uh, microphone. So again, I'm sorry if um, there's some background noise or stuff going on. I'm going to do my best to kind of limit all that stuff. Um, but with that being said, I'm out here. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm doing what I want to do, what I love doing. Um, yeah, so I'm going to stop blabbering now. Uh, stick to the end of the episode if you want to hear more, um, and let's just jump into it. Good morning, everyone. I hope we're all having a great day today. Today's story comes to us from... Gus, what are you doing? What's going on? I'm doing this week's episode. Hey, how do you do that thing with your voice? What are you talking about, Gus? You're not doing an episode. We already talked about this. But you were gone for some time. So I thought I'd take over. Gus, I was in therapy. Is it because of the radio station? That thing from last season? Actually, it was, Gus. It was pretty scary, Gus. I, you know I don't like talking about it. Man, if you get this booth destroyed, I'll send you the bill. And Gus, I was talking about things he shouldn't be talking about. He knows I don't like talking about that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, hi there, everybody. I hope we're all having a great day today, and welcome back. Um, so, I'm sorry for my absence, although, we're back with some new stories. So, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode, which is a two-parter. We've got a Mark here, as well as an Officer Reese, uh, showing up for a second time. So, let's give them our full attention, and let's have a great day today. My name is Mark. Um, so this story takes place about a year ago. No, I'm sorry. Uh, around a year and a half ago. Uh, pretty much, I was at work. 
when it all started. I work at a build-your-own-pizza restaurant. It's pretty cool, pays the bills, but don't really get too much out of it, like stimulation or anything like that. It's just a job. Anyway, I was at work when I got a message on my phone. I saw that it was a text message. It was from an unknown number, and all it read was, Hi Jericho, I hope you're doing well. It's been a long time. Since it was relatively slow, I just replied back. I just wrote, sorry, wrong number, and sent it off. A few minutes went by, and I got another text from the unknown number, saying, OMG, I'm so sorry. At first, I just kind of put it to the back of my mind, whatever. I put my phone away and got on with the rest of my day. As I was leaving work, I got to my car, and as I got in my car, I was just letting it warm up while I was on my phone. It's something that I typically do after my shift. I went on my phone and saw the message again. OMG, I'm so sorry. At first, I was just going to disregard it, just, you know, read it and get rid of it, like any other person would. But for some reason, I couldn't do that. For some reason, I don't know if it's because my life is somewhat boring or the fact that I'm probably just going to go home and not do anything or the fact that I just don't really get out too much. I don't know what it was. But for some reason, I felt compelled to respond back. So I just wrote, no worries. My name is Mark. I hope you have a great day. I sent it off and left to go home. I got home and saw another text message from the number. The message simply wrote, I'm done and I'll have a great day if you have a great day too. From there, we just started casually texting. We would just text each other whenever we got the chance to or had some downtime. Although sometimes she would kind of ghost me and disappear for a few days, a week, or even a month at most, but she'd always return, and she would always act like nothing ever happened. I asked her a little bit, mostly out of curiosity, but she would either deflect it or just sum it up to, sorry, I couldn't talk. I didn't really care too much just because it's not like we were dating or anything like that. But as time did go on, we did start to make more of a friendship with each other. We started texting at the beginning of the day, throughout the day, and until the end of the day. At that point, it was safe to say that we were online dating. I sent her a few selfies of myself, a, little, a few harmless selfies of myself, and she would make some flirtatious remarks and then send selfies of herself. Her selfies were a little strange though. It was her standing in front of a mirror. She never had a phone or a camera in hand, but she was just more standing there. And it looked like she was either checking herself out in the mirror or passing by the mirror, which was odd to me. I brought up the fact that she didn't have a camera and that if I could get better selfies, but she would just say, sorry, that's all she had, with little hunching emoji. It was definitely really strange, but the conversations were really invigorating and stimulating, and she validated my feelings, and whenever I was having a bad day at work or anything, she would just be there to calm me down. 
plus just the conversations were just really fun and nice we would talk about hobbies we would talk about dreams that we have um, things that we wanted to accomplish and just kind of things like that I would tell her about how I like to cook and she would tell me all the time that she wishes she could try my cooking and we just kind of made this elaborate life for ourselves that was a fantasy until any of us did anything about it while the conversations with her were nothing but the best there were some dark times when I say dark times I don't mean dark dark I mean I would want to talk on the phone and she would tell me that the audio on her phone is broken or that she doesn't sound good right now she just woke up and her voice is um, not up yet or how she would describe it and just kind of things like that just kind of deflected and find little ways around it um, aside from that I would always want to zoom her as well um, I want to hear her and I want to see her you know so she would always come up with reasons as to why she couldn't zoom either and why she couldn't be on audio why she couldn't be on video things like that and it was always just a lot of bull if I'm to be honest, it was just a little And as much as I hated it, this was kind of our relationship. We strictly talked over text for months. And so I was thinking to myself, okay, I have to be okay with the possibility that I'm being catfished. I watched a show catfish. I was even thinking about reaching out to Cammy and Neve to see if they could help me with this, but honestly, I didn't feel like the situation called for that just yet. You know what I mean? I feel like it didn't get to that point. Um, maybe I was biased or whatever, but I didn't reach out to them. But I got some tips from them. I couldn't look up her number because it was still an unknown number, although for some reason I was able to make a full-on contact for her with a name and a picture. So I couldn't backtrace her phone number, although throughout the times we did talk, she did say that she was around a two-hour drive from my location. Not only that, but I took her pictures and I reverse searched them to see if there were any pictures off the internet that she got them from. Nothing came up, which I guess is a good sign, but I'm back at square one. So I tried looking her up and didn't really get too much either. I couldn't get a social media, Facebook, anything like that was strange but again I just kind of accepted it that this is just weird our relationship was extremely healthy I mean we kindled each other's needs and emotions we validated each other we uplifted each other um, we always encouraged each other and believed in each other to do whatever we wanted to do and for the most part it was great Although whenever we got into arguments or anything like that, it was always over the same thing. I wanted to meet up and she wasn't ready. At some point, I just kind of bursted. It was just a tough day at work and she did one of those things that she does where she ghosts and then comes back a week later and it just it's all just taking a toll on me I mean I really have strong feelings for this woman I'm about to the point where I'm gonna be saying I love you to her and I haven't even spoken to her on the phone yet I don't know if the pictures she's sending me are the real her or if they're from somebody else I've never heard her voice I don't you know it just kind of got to me and it didn't help that I had a rough day at work either and then she does this disappearing act too so once she kind of came back and kind of picked off where she left off about a week ago I just kind of had it and I told her you know 
as politely as I could, like, I really deeply care about you, but I can't do this anymore. I need reassurance that you're the person who I'm talking to. She did get a little taken back to the fact that she thought I was catfishing her, and understandably, I can see why she got upset about that. But at the same time, she was able to understand where I was coming from, and we were kind of at a standstill in the relationship. I told her that I really care about her, but it hurts me that she does these disappearing acts. The selfies that she sends me are so bizarre sometimes, and just the fact that she can't talk on the phone, she can't send me any updated pictures, she can't do anything like that. No Zoom, no nothing, and I just told her it was all too much, and that I really care about her, but if if we are to go forward with this relationship, the ball is in her court, and she has to show me that she's putting forth effort. We're in the same town, why can't we meet up? she just sent me an address. I saw that it was about a two-hour drive for me. I didn't click the address just yet. I was still somewhat in shock that we were going to meet up. So I got in my car, plugged in the address, and I just voice texted her that I'm on my way and my ETA, and I headed off to meet her. As I was driving, I saw that she sent me a text message, but I disregarded it because, well, I was driving. As soon as I got to the location, though, I got out of my car and looked around. I honestly thought that she sent me to the wrong place on accident because I was right outside of Wehrwee's Memorial Cemetery. But I looked around to see if there were any apartment homes nearby, um, any neighborhoods or anything, and there was nothing. I reached into my car and grabbed my phone and saw the text message she sent me. It just said, Road J23. I sent her a text message asking her if she meant to send me to the cemetery, and almost immediately back I got, yes. I was confused, definitely confused by this, but I was more excited and giddy about finally being able to meet her, put a voice to her face, and be able to actually hold her and take selfies with her, pictures with her, and maybe go on a little date. So I really didn't question it too much. Plus, there were a small handful of people just kind of around the area, people mourning as well as caretakers just taking care of the cemetery. So I just started walking. I walked and finally got to Road J. I looked over where the numbers were and there were just plots there. There wasn't really anybody there. I thought it was strange, but again, I just to number 23. I saw that 23 is right next to the fence of outside the cemetery. It's this large black railing fence that looks almost vintage. And above that was a telephone wire. It was a telephone pole, but a wire had fallen down over the fence and onto 23. The wire was on a tombstone and that tombstone read, in loving memory of Dot Summers, born 1941, died 1965. On there was the only picture of Dot that I actually saw her posing for. It was a really old picture of her. And you could tell it was one where she took it with a group, but they just cut her face out. 
that, I got a ring on my phone. I pulled my phone out, barely able to kind of even comprehend what's going on. Still trying to wrap my head around it, and I looked at my phone, and it was from her. She just said, I'm sorry I had to find out this way. From time to time, I'll get a message from her. We obviously don't have a romantic relationship anymore. We just kind of talk to each other because we just like talking to each other. For the most part, the landline is fixed, but it almost falls over regularly. So sometimes we'll go week without texting, sometimes we'll go a month without texting, sometimes we'll go three months without texting, but from time to time, I'll get a ring on my phone from her, and we'll just talk. As for how she's able to talk with me, she really doesn't even understand it herself. I guess we'll never know really what happened. Wow. Mark, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Um, I don't know if it's bittersweet that you weren't being catfish, but still, I'm really sorry about that. Um, okay, folks, um, Mark is taking his leave, and Officer Reese is coming in for his story, so let's just jump into it, shall we? Hello. Uh, my name is Officer Reese, and I'm a police officer for the WTPD, or the Wearytown Police Department. Um, I was on a previous episode, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So uh, this story that I have actually takes place about three months ago. Um, and it's just another strange story. So, pretty much, I was patrolling an area. I'm not going to disclose that area for the uh, people in stories' uh, anonymity. So, I was just doing patrolling, same as usual. Um, I only had about 15 minutes left of my shift, but then I got dispatched from the radio. So, after I got it, I just called for the situation. I was the closest in the area, and there was talk of a missing little girl. If my kids went missing, I would want anybody and everybody to help me find them. So, I just answered the radio, and I told them I was on my way, since I was also the closest, and I made an oath. So, as I'm on my way, I'm just kind of going over the situation from what the dispatcher told me, just letting me know that there was a little girl, and she went missing, and it's in a suburban neighborhood. So, I pulled up to the area, and my car gets charged by just this hysterical mob of people. So I get out of my car and this is where my job is a little tough. As a police officer, you're oftentimes faced with situations that are very chaotic and it's up to you to lessen the chaos. It's up to you to bring order to chaos and kind of be the person who everybody needs. So I got everybody to quiet down and calm down. I wasn't trying to be abrasive or anything like that. I just need calmness to figure out what's going on and how I can help. After I got everybody to calm down, I talked with the person who made the call in the first place. We're going to call her Veronica. Veronica informed me that everybody at this party was a relative, a family member. And that pretty much what happened is that they were celebrating a older teenager's birthday. 
there was just a little bit of alcohol they admitted but it was just a few coronas here there um, and that even the youngest person uh, at the party is 20 years old so it's whatever uh, it's a year difference doesn't it's we've got bigger problems right now you know but there were no drugs and anything else so they were having a pretty mature party in the house whereas outside they were having a poor party for the kids now veronica also said that this house was not hers it was her uncle's house but her uncle lives in this really nice house that's in the suburbs it's safe it, there's just you know everybody's neighbor to each other everybody knows each other in this area plus the pool is really extravagant you could tell that her uncle really spent a lot of money on this pool to make sure that it really was this extravagant and wondrous pool and since it was pretty big the teenagers were partying at their mature party on the inside while the kids and the grandparents and other adults who liked a more calmer setting were outside taking care of the kids at this pool party so everybody got to win in the scenario <clears throat> although what happened is in the pool the girl in question who we're gonna call Samantha or Sammy because that's what her family called her Sammy is in the pool party with about eight other kids and all of a sudden nobody sees her now this didn't just happen people noticed that she wasn't there and they didn't understand or they didn't know when exactly she went missing so at this point it's up in the air has she been missing for five minutes ten minutes thirty minutes an hour two hours we don't know nobody really can recall last time they saw her so at this point the adults go inside and they stop the party and everybody starts looking for sammy we've got people going door to door showing a picture of sammy hey have you seen this girl uh, we've got people kind of running around the neighborhood looking for Sammy and from what I understand they rented a golf cart for the party and they also drove it around the neighborhood looking for Sammy now the part that got people really upset and really scared is that a mile away from the neighborhood is this really big forest that goes on for five miles and it's one of those forests where it's not that big it's only five miles but it's extremely easy to get turned around in it and where you don't really get super lost the opportunity for you to get lost in there and get turned around is definitely an issue. So they were looking around for two hours, and after two hours, that's when they called 911 and I showed up. And so this investigation went on for two days. And in this two days, word of Sammy's disappearance got out to the point where we had helicopters flying over the area the whole neighborhood got together to look for Sammy um, K-9 units were involved and just everybody was looking for Sammy but everybody's biggest fear was this forest this forest was notorious for yeah it's not that big but it's definitely easy to get turned around and to get lost in there there's not many trails and the very little trails there are they're not really mapped out very well. So, yeah, it's only about a five-mile distance, but if you go five miles in the wrong direction and then you have to make the five-mile trip back, it's going to be such a chore. You're going to tire yourself out really fast. And Sammy is only four, and she's in swimming attire. She's not meant to be outside, especially when it starts getting dark and cold out. So everybody's worst fear was this forest, but that's when just good samaritans kind of come in you had a number of hunters a number of trackers a number of outdoor enthusiasts a number of campers and a number of urban explorers all kind of combing the forest looking for sammy and of course you had the helicopter flying over uh, the helicopter had to look past the trees but at least we were able to get somewhat of a bird's eye view uh, there were even a lot of people who had these flying drones with cameras on them that would fly through the forest as well on the second day at 5 p.m., I got a radio in that Sam was found. She's alive, she's okay, and she's safe, and which hospital she's being transported to. So I went to go meet her at that hospital, and the entire drive there, I was being 
told by dispatcher pretty much what the situation was that you know some rescuers found her she was in this lake sitting on a rock with her feet dangling in the pond water and just kind of playing around there she saw rescuers smiled and waved at them she had a few scratches on her uh, but that was to be expected but she was safe she was perfectly fine so I got to the hospital and I went up to her room and I saw her and she smiled and waved at me. I smiled and waved at her too. Now here's a really cool thing about having the name Reese and being a cop. I only do this to kids. They're the ones who really get the kick out of it the most. But I have in my uniform pocket a bunch of mini packets of Reese's pieces. And what I'll do for kids is I'll pull one out and I'll say, Hello, my name is Officer Reese. Here's my business card. Kids tend to eat it up. They love it. They get a real kick out of it. So I did the same thing with Sammy and got a kick out of it. After I got her a laugh, I sat down in the chair next to her and asked her, do you mind if I ask you some questions? She agreed to it. I told her that if at any point she doesn't feel comfortable to let me know and we can stop at the questioning. She agreed to that and I just told her, please tell me what happened. Now the next part of the story is from her own experience. What she says is that it was daytime, it was sunny, it was actually a pretty hot day, so everybody was excited to be at the pool. She got onto this really big pool slide, and as she was climbing up, again, it was still daytime, but once she got to the top of it, the sun was setting, and the sun was already down. It was dusk at this point, is as what she describes it. She describes going down the slide and getting into the pool. Once she got out of the pool, she was at the lake that she was found at. She also describes that at first she was very scared, she was crying, she was screaming, she didn't know where she was, she was terrified. Plus, there was a lot of fog, it was still nighttime with the sun peeking through, and she can hear weird sounds from around her. But she then started to say that the caveman made her feel safe again. At that point, I looked up at her. What do you mean, the caveman? I asked her. She said that the caveman is a man whose name is Caveman. I asked her if she could draw a picture of him for me, which she already had. It wasn't a bad picture, but again, it was drawn by a four-year-old, so it wasn't really the best. But it looked pretty distinguishable, so I asked her if I could keep it. She agreed to it, and I asked her a few more follow-up questions, and wrote down little notes, and kind of made lines correlating to his appearance to kind of figure things out a little bit more. So, for example, he looks bald, but she told me, no, that's his beanie. He wears a brown beanie. Okay. What about these scratches on his forehead? Those aren't scratches. That's his hair coming through. Okay. How old is he? He was pretty old. It sounds like he was around his mid-40s, mid-50s not really known what ethnicity he is, but he was very tan. All this, his voice was extremely gravelly. She did all these examples of how his voice could go, and it was just a very gravelly voice. But he said that he went by the name of Caveman. ask any other questions the nurse came in and told me that that's enough for the day and that I can come back tomorrow I asked Sammy if that would be okay and she said yes I asked the nurse if she can give me a call when Sammy wakes up and she said yes I headed home and went to sleep the next morning came and before I could even go to the hospital I got a call in from the chief to go into his office I walked into his office and I see him standing there in front of his desk. And in front of his desk are these two chairs. And 
I see Officer Nestor is in one, and he's looking back at me while sitting down. He really gives me the creeps. I just asked, is everything okay, Chief? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we just want to fill you in on something. You should take a seat, he said. I sat down in a chair. <clears throat> All right, so... Um, Officer Reese and uh, Officer Nestor, you two are going to be partnered for the remaining of the uh, Sammy case, he said. Understood, Officer Nestor said. Um, wait, ho uh, hold on a minute, I'm sorry. Um, uh, quick, uh, real fast. This case is almost closed. I'm about to go close it, I'm just going to go get some follow-up questions from Sammy and that's it. Uh, really nothing to it. Well, uh, yes, that's true, but um, Officer Nestor's department was a little curious about the case and just uh, thought that uh, Officer Nestor should also uh, be there for the follow-up questions. <clears throat> you understand, don't you? He asked. Um, I mean, like, I get that, but at the same time, like I said, this case is pretty much closed. If you want, I can give you the report, I said as I looked at Officer Nestor. He looked irritated at me, but then again, he always just looks irritated. That won't be necessary. I can do questioning if you like. Um, no, this is my case. I've been talking with Samantha. I got her trust. She's telling me everything. And again, this case is almost closed. Who's the caveman? He asked me. I don't know. Do you know anything about the caveman? He just stared at me. Okay, okay. Uh, let's all calm down. <clears throat> um, what we're going to do is, uh, Officer Nessar, you are uh, taking orders from Officer Reese. He's in charge of the case. When he says that the case is closed, the case is closed. No further questioning. Understood? Yes, sir. He said. I still didn't really agree with it, but I, I had to. So, all right, let's go. I told him. We got into the car and started driving to the hospital. Honestly, between you and me, I hope Officer Nestor never listens to this. He's a great guy, a great cop, really nice guy, goes by the book uh, a little too much, but it's not too much of a problem. Um, he's just this really creepy dude. He's this somewhat tall and really veiny guy. His eyebrows look like their makeup, and his eyes are just a little bit too big for his head. And he wears these contacts. He says because he has cataracts, but honestly, there's too many weird things about this guy. He's really skinny, but he doesn't have an Adam's apple, I've noticed. It's just really strange how he presents himself. Also, his teeth are a little bit disfigured. It is not the most polite way I could say, but it is the most accurate way of saying it, although he doesn't really suffer from any lisps or speech impediments or anything like that. We got to Sammy's room, and Sammy and I both made eye contact. We shared a smile and a wave at each other, and Officer Nestor and I were walking over. I was pulling a packet of Reese's Pieces out of my pocket again. I don't know why, but kids tend to get a kick out of it when you pretend not to remember them and they remember you. I don't understand why, but it just... kids love it. So I was going to do the whole spiel, but before I can, Officer Nestor just completely interrupted the whole intro. Hello, Samantha. My name is Officer Nestor. This is Officer Reese. We're here to conduct some follow-up questions. Are you coherent, Samantha? She looked confused, but agreed to it, and we both sat down. All right, I just have a few questions. When you were on the other side, what did you see? She didn't understand the question. Okay, how about a different question then? How long was it dusk in that world? He asked. I, she said she didn't know. She was very confused. She kept looking at me and I kept smiling. 
to encourage her, but that only went so far. Can you describe the caveman to me? He asked. She tried describing him, but he wasn't having any of her four-year-old lingo. He would nitpick every single detail to the point where she just got really frustrated and teary-eyed and just said that she didn't know. Did the caveman show you anything? He asked. Like what? She asked back. Did he tell you anything? Did he show you anything? What about the other world? Did he talk about it at all? She was, again, very frustrated and upset, and she didn't know how to answer the questions. She looked like she was about to start crying, and I just interrupted. Okay, um, Officer Nestor, can I just speak to you for a moment? Sammy, um, here's some Reese's. Uh, go ahead and you know just relax a little bit, um, take a little break, and I'm just going to talk to my friend for a second, okay? We got up and walked to the edge of the room. We had to be quiet because Sammy could still hear, but pretty much just told him, like, hey, guy, like, what was that? Like, Chief told, like, told us both that I'm in charge. I understand that. And I understand that you're in charge. I do. But at the same time, my division outranks yours. Okay, I get that. But at the same time, this is my case. You're on it. You know, like, you're, you're a guest on my case. Like, I need you to relax. Okay, I'm the one in charge. We already had a rapport. I was about to get all the questions. She may not even remember what it looks like now because of how much you're pressing him. Nestor looked at Samantha for a second, and she avoided eye contact with him. He looked back at me. There's a slight possibility of that, but it's not a problem. We already know what he looks like. We just need more information about him. What are you talking about? I asked. That's not in your classification, he said. Okay, well, I mean, I need something. No, you don't. This is also my case separately, as well as it is your case separately. We're just working on the same case, just in different ways, he said. What does that even mean, I asked. It means my division is interested in certain things that your division is not interested in, he replied. We went back and forth for a little bit, but I got him to agree to tell me with some more information. We told Samantha that we'd be back around 5 and to do some more questioning and that we were going to help her get some ice cream at the hospital cafeteria. She got excited and agreed to it, and Officer Nestor and I left. Officer Nestor and I went to go get lunch, but we were talking more than we were actually eating. I cannot tell you everything, but I can tell you some things. What would you like to know? He asks. Okay, uh, caveman. Let's talk about caveman. You seem to be pretty infatuated with him. Who is he? Officer Nestor looked at me. Simply put, he's an anomaly that we're trying to track. Who's we? I asked. My division and I, he replied. Okay, so you track anomalies, I'm guessing. I can't say any more beyond that. Okay, so why caveman? We've been trying to track him for almost 200 years. And wait, wait, wait. Let me stop you right there. 200 years? Yes. Okay, uh... Okay, continue? Pretty much. The first sighting of Caveman dates back to the 1300s, but we're sure that his origins go back deeper than that and farther than that. Okay, so this guy's like an immortal or something? We don't know. If he is an immortal, he's definitely picked up some tricks along the way. All we know is that we're unable to pin him. And he knows this. We're constantly playing a game of cat and mouse where he's a cat, but we only think he's a mouse. So whenever we get stories like this of people meeting the caveman, we want to hear more about it so that we're able to figure out more about him. Um... Okay, I said. What else can you tell me about the caveman? I asked. Do you listen to that one podcast about this town? Yeah, uh, I've heard a few episodes uh, here and there. The episode, Earth Star Cave. That was the last time 
we've heard of a caveman's appearance in this area. And when we heard that he was in the original Wary Town, as he said, we noticed a shift in his voice. We've been analyzing that episode because that's the last time we heard of him, besides this time. We don't know who Caveman is, or really what he's doing, but we want to know everything. Has anybody ever stood toe-to-toe to Caveman, like actually met him and anything? I asked. Once in the 80s, Officer Nestor replies. An officer found a man that matched Caveman's description. He's described every single time the same way. And so when this cop found him, he easily detained him and brought him in for questioning. He cuffed caveman by the ankles and the wrists and had him in the back of the car. While they were driving, caveman was talking nonstop to the police officer, not really about anything. Right when the police officer parked, he got out of his car, and when he opened the door, he just saw two handcuffs, one on the floor, one on the seat. From there, we've never been able to track caveman ever since. Officer Nestor and I kind of talked a little bit more about caveman, but the more he was telling me, just the more he was losing me. I know this town is strange, but there's more that I got to learn about it. Hey there, everyone. I hope we're all having a great day today. Um, so if you stayed to, well, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for uh, waiting until the very end. It, uh, I really appreciate it, and it really means a lot to me. Um, so I just want to kind of jump into a few things. First off, um, you know, uh, again, I really do appreciate you supporting uh, my art and what I consider my freedom of expression. Um, so thank you so much for supporting it. I really appreciate you. Uh, this episode was not easy to do. Um, it's now a different day. If I sound different, it's because I'm using a different microphone. I'm actually at work right now. Um, I'm on my lunch, but I'm at work. When I was recording the episode, I was at home, um, and it was, um, it was about noon when I started recording. So this episode was not easy, and the only reason why I bring this up is because I feel like this episode could have been a little bit better. Um, so I just want, for any new people listening in, I just want to let you know that, you know, my usual episodes are a little bit better. Um, but I'm going to kind of quickly touch base on uh, everything I really want to touch on in this last little bit. I'm going to try to make it as quick as possible, but I do want to address everything. Um, this episode was not easy to do because of the fact that I had to do it at my house. My house is great. Um, it's just very noisy from birds chirping a lot to, uh, cars passing by to people passing by, um, and kind of, uh, kids playing around stuff like that. Uh, you hear scooters and bikes and everything kind of, um, in the background. Um, so it's just a little bit, um, harder to record at my house um it's manageable like i recorded this entire episode there but i had i found myself having to you know i said everything on the script perfectly it's just there's a noise in the background that couldn't be um quieted by background music or anything like that so i really had to just delete it and record it again Um, so this episode, I did a lot more editing and a lot more recording than I usually do for episodes. Um, but, uh, the payoff is going to be great. Uh, when, usually whenever I do my podcasts, I love it. I have fun with it. Just because I have fun with it doesn't mean that they're always easy. But, um, again, I have fun with it. And whenever they're not the easiest to record, I find that that's, those are the episodes I really do the best. Uh, like my Christmas episode blew up over this, uh, I wouldn't call it a break I had. It definitely wasn't like a vacation or anything like that. But um, this absence I had 
I found that my Christmas episode really kind of just skyrocketed, which I'm just super excited about that. That one was also one that was a little hard to record, but again, the payoff is great. So the only reason why I bring up the fact that it was a little hard to record is because I personally feel like I could have done better with this episode, but, um, um, you know, it is what it is. I'm very pleased with it or else I wouldn't have posted it. Um, but just kind of giving a little background into what happened. I had a job, I quit that job and took up a new job and I've been MIA for about a month, um, which is just two episodes. Um, still not excited about it, but you know, um, anyway, so I quit my last job and came to a different job. My last job had an area, um, I talk about it in other Q and A's and things like that. But my other job had a booth in there for me to record out of. It was more for people to do Zoom calls and things like that. But I personally used it to do my podcast. Um, but this new job that I have doesn't have anything like that. So I have to find a new place to record. Um, this new job I have is a lot better though. Uh, my old job was great, but this job is less stress. I get to spend more time with my family, make more plans to see my family. Uh, I have um, Saturdays and Sundays off for the most part, so I'm able to actually do things with my family. Uh, whereas with my last job, I actually worked through the weekend, uh, things like that. Uh, I did take a little bit of a pay cut, but besides that, I really love this new job. Uh, I just pretty much write episodes. If you saw my TikTok video, which is also on my Instagram, um, both my TikTok and Instagram are Tales of Waverytown. Um, I posted a video of me just kind of giving a little brief update. I censored out the pages, but I made sure to show you just how many pages of episodes I'm writing. Um, and since then, that number has gone up. So um, I really enjoy this new job, but it doesn't have a place for me to record. So I had an option. Before I left my other job, I already had something in line. I had called before I, I left my other job. I had called and um, I got in touch with a phone number that um, would help me find storage units where I can record out of. So in LA, primarily, there are um, storage units where you can rent and you can be a, in a band and you can play music there. Um, so I don't live in LA, so I called around a few places and I got in touch with a storage unit where they were allowing me to record my podcast. I talked to the general manager just because I don't want any issues or anything like that. I, want, I don't like surprises when it comes to these things. So I was very explicit, you know, hey, I want to record my podcast out of there. I want to edit the podcast. Um, I may do YouTube videos and edit them there as well. I'm not doing a workshop, nor am I doing anything for a business. It's me to kind of just, it's just a place for me to express myself. And at first, you know, they asked me a few follow-up questions, you know, um, you know, uh, does your podcast have any money? Is it like associated with any type of network or anything like that? Uh, you know, I gave them all the information they needed and they said, okay, you know what, let's, uh, I'm going to give you a follow-up call in a little bit. Um, so I waited a few hours and got a follow-up call from them saying, hey, you know what, we've got a green light. So I booked a space and things like that. And I, um, so moving day comes and I bring my car around, which has like a little desk in there, a folding desk and a folding chair with some of my recording equipment. And I get there and um, the person who's helping me is just like, oh, there's a note next to your name give me one moment. I'm like, okay, yeah, sounds good. So he pulls out a radio, just starts calling somebody real fast. And, um, the general manager comes over and we talk for a little bit and they pretty much say, Hey, you know what? Unfortunately, we're not allowed to, uh, let you do this here. I'm like, you know, that's fine. Um, that's okay. I respect, you know, whatever. Uh, it did kind of suck that I kind of already booked this area. I mean, it was free. I didn't spend any money or anything like that. I was just booking it. But it just kind of sucks that I left my old job believing that I can, you know, believing that everything was given the green light. Again, I was very explicit about what I wanted to do in there. Uh, I even told them I don't need the door all the way closed. I can keep it open, not a problem. 
um, things like that. And, um, but yeah, so it just kind of fell through. Um, I did have a backup plan, but unfortunately that fell through as well. So my other backup plans are I can do it in my car or at my house. Now, usually, um, I have Saturdays and Sundays off, but at my new job, occasionally they'll have me work Saturdays and I have Sunday and Monday off. So going forward, I'm going to try to keep my release date as normal. Uh, Fridays being the day that I drop episodes on. Although until I can get something a little bit more secure, it's going to vary and I'm going to drop an episode just whenever I can. Um, I'm still going to try to keep within that two week time frame. I do want to get another episode out since I missed two episodes. I do want to get an ep another episode out within the week but I just can't promise anything right now. Um, again, I kind of recorded at my house. It was great and everything like that, except it's just so noisy to the point where it's taken me two days to record. Again, I'm at my job right now. I'm on lunch, and um, I'm in my car just sitting here recording right now, and when I first started the recording, it was noon at my house. Um, I did a number of edits and re-recordings, so there's that. Um, Another thing is, I can do it in my car. There's a place where I, I live close enough to an area where a lot of people, there's like this really big parking lot at this, um, I'm not, I don't want to disclose too much information, but all we really need to know is that there's this parking lot that um, is associated with a number of different uh, businesses and stores and things like that. And a lot of people just kind of chill there. Uh, during the whole COVID thing, when it first started, um, my fiance and I saw a lot of people kind of chilling in the area. They would bring their trucks or vans and kind of do like a little barbecue out there or do like a little uh, picnic or just kind of chill in their car. So this place is no stranger to people chilling in their cars. Um, I am still a little shy about recording in public, so um, I'm going to definitely try my best. But what I want you to know is that episodes are going to start coming out again. Um, I'm going to try to, again, keep as close to Friday as possible, but sometimes I may release a recording on Monday, sometimes on Friday, uh, things like that. Um, but that's pretty much it. I just wanted y'all to know. Um, I didn't find this one month of vacation, in all honesty, it was very stressful for me. Uh, just with the whole kind of getting used to the new job and getting used to the pay cut and everything like that, as well as um, just kind of not being able to record. Oh, I knew I was forgetting something. The good news is that this temporary schedule is only temporary. So I am looking to move out in the next two, three months. Um, and when I move, hopefully we're moving to a quieter area. There's going to be more privacy for me to record um, and things like that. So this whole temporary thing of me not being able to produce episodes on certain times is definitely going to change. Um, if some of my future episodes are lacking some audios, I do apologize. Um, I think one of the best things for me to do is just record straight onto my phone. I do have a number of microphones that allow me to record on my phone. The only issue is that I can't really add in sound effects. I can, but it's extremely difficult and sometimes it doesn't work the way I want it to work. So I'm definitely going to continue to try to do the sound effects. It's one of my favorite things, um, especially when I go back and listen for you know uh, editing purposes. It's always really fun for me. Uh, I like it. But uh, I am definitely going to try that out. If I do bring my my iPad, what I use to uh, do the recordings on, then I could do sound effects. But um, it's just a lot of gear that I carry around for that. Um, most of it are just um, USB uh, converters, pretty much. But anyway, um, so that's pretty much what I just wanted to kind of get out. Just let y'all know that, you know, I'm sorry for being MIA for a little bit. It wasn't something I enjoyed. Um, I am going to try to knock out another episode as soon as possible to make up for that two episode time gap. Um, I had to kind of put everything on hold during that gap. So I haven't really been able to work on anything besides just writing episodes. Um, 
but yeah, so I just wanted y'all to know that. Um, I'm really hoping I didn't forget anything. I've honestly probably done this recording six times already, uh, just this last part. But um, yeah, again, um, I really hope y'all enjoy this episode. It was, um, even though it was a little kind of hard for me to produce, it was extremely fun. Um, yeah, and that's it. I hope all of you just have a beautiful day today. I hope all of you have a great day today. And uh, just remember your worth. And um, all of you are royal royalty. Kings, queens, non-binary royalty. All of y'all are royalty. Uh, have a beautiful day. And thank you so much. Bye.